Hello, and welcome to the Couples Develop podcast. My name is Bridget, and I'm a marriage and family therapy graduate student. Um, I created this podcast with my boyfriend, Justin, who's a financial planner, and we created this podcast um, specifically due to COVID-19. We wanted to do something creative together um, and wanted to create a podcast to share our thoughts on both relationship and personal development topics. And as always, we're so happy to have you joining us today and that you're committed to having and leading an exceptional life and relationship. Uh, So today, I am so grateful to be here with uh, Beth Ryland. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Stillwater, Minnesota who specializes in couples and sex. She also provides dating and relationship coaching nationally. So Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we will go ahead and get right into it. Um, First of all, I would love it if you would just share a little bit um, about who you are, um, you know, aspects related to your career, what an average day in your life kind of looks like, um, and something that's been excited exciting about your life lately. So if you would just share a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so uh, my work primarily consists around um, working with couples, although I do work with individuals and sexual concerns, as you mentioned. Um, outside of my profession, I'm a mom. I have, uh, I have a few kids. Um, I always... Um, say a few because I have two biological kids. My son is 17 and my daughter is 14. And then I also have a couple bonus kids. And so my, my one bonus kid cool. is my stepson. And uh, um, he was mine from um, when I was married to his father. And I've known him since he was two. He's 22 years old. And then um, I also have become sort of the neighborhood mom for a, a number of the kids. So that's that's a joy of mine. I'm also a crazy cat lady. I have two uh, ragdoll cats um, who get lots of attention around here. So cool. Yes. cool. So as far as uh, a day in the life, um, I typically try to um, to confine my um, my work hours to four days a week. So. Um, I leave Mondays for kind of business related things and meetings, and then I see clients Tuesday through Friday. Um, my my caseload is uh, ideally around 20 clients a week. Um, with mm-hmm. with COVID, that decreased a little bit, so I um, I was down to probably around 15. So I'm building back up now that things are opening back up and and um, and people are are coming back to therapy in one way or another. Um, currently I'm all virtual, mm-hmm. but, um, but I sort of reserve those four days uh, for clients and then try to have some time to myself on the weekends. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing all that. Yeah, that um, sounds like a busy uh, day in the life and many days in the right. life. So that was great uh, to hear from you, how you kind of um, mesh those roles as a mother, wife, and, um, of course, um, a marriage and family sure. therapist and also what you specialize in. Um, I would just love then to hear from you um, what overall led you to the field of marriage and family therapy and uh, specifically specializing in couples and sex as um, one of your main focuses and relationship um, and dating coaching. I would love sure. to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I finished college, my degree was in psychology and uh, at the time, 
I was working in nonprofits and uh, was um, sort of a young mom uh, in my 20s and um, and didn't have the time for grad school. I was raising kids and, you know, building building a family and, and that sort of thing. So um, it was later on that I decided to go to, to grad school. And so I interviewed the two directors at St. Mary's, which was my chosen uh, university. And um, there was a counseling program there and a marriage and family therapy program. And I had originally been accepted to the counseling program. But as I was trying to make a decision between the two, um, I think one of the things, strangely, is that I was terrified about the idea of working with couples. I thought that there would be like way too much, too many moving parts. And, sure. um, and it, it was just sort of a, a, a daunting idea, which was why I had um, sort of headed in the direction of the counseling program. But once I interviewed both directors and got sort of the the gist of their programs, I realized that marriage and family therapy was was more in line with my values. Um, and mm. and what I figured out is that I I believe that we're relational beings, and and that marriage and family therapy isn't just about couples' work. Of course, it's it's about um, being trained systemically. It's about looking at the larger picture. Um, so we become who we are in part through our family systems. And so learning about how our, our upbringing impacts us and what habits and behaviors we are bringing from our childhoods into our adult relationships was really important to me. So that was why I was led to that particular field. Um, and then um, during grad school, I realized that hey, I'm kind of comfortable talking about sex where a lot of people aren't. And um, I attended a conference during school where I happened to sit next to uh, a few sex therapists. And one of them suggested that I apply for uh, an internship with her. And, um, and so it just sort of fell into place. I was able to get my hours as a marriage and family therapist uh, she worked with couples and she um, worked with sexual concerns as well. And so I was able to mm -hmm. kind of do both with her during my internship. The other thing I knew, being a slightly older person in grad school, you know, a lot of my colleagues were kind of straight out of undergrad um, in their late 20s. And I was in my later 30s when when I went to grad school. Um, so I knew that I was kind of done working for other people. And so it was important to me mm. to uh, go into private private practice straight away. And the, um, the clinic that I interned with was a group private practice. So, um, so I got to experience um, that, that sort of, uh, that sort of thing. And then eventually um, worked on uh, my own clinic, which I, which I own now. Um, so in grad school, I was able to experience working with couples and sex, like I mentioned, and realized that I actually have a passion for it. And it wasn't as scary as I had originally thought it was going to be. And so that's kind of how that that evolved. Awesome. Yeah, that is such a helpful overview. Thanks for sharing that. And especially um, I love that piece on how you kind of uh, 
found a really specific area of interest during your yes. program. Um, and especially one like you just shared, I would, I would say the exact same thing that it, it does seem like sex is one topic that's talked about often in my own program that, you know, not many people are very comfortable with. So the fact that you could really take that by the right. reins and say, you know, Hey, um, this is an important topic, obviously, and especially one uh, for couples to talk about together. So that if you found skills and strengths and facilitating that with couples, um, I think yeah. that's awesome. Um, would you specifically um, now kind of after chatting a little bit about what your day looks like and how you got to where you are today, um, would you say that there's something specifically that's most rewarding about your work? Oh, most rewarding. I mean, you know, like I think most people who uh, go into therapy, counseling, um, which whichever, you know, license people end up with are at least in part doing it because they want to help people. So um, mm -hmm. one of the specialty areas that I sort of happened upon just by accident, I, I ended up getting a lot of couples who wanted to work on uh, recovery from infidelity. And um, that wasn't anything I had uh, previous experience with, but I discovered that I was pretty good at it. And, and so, um, so that is, that is an area sort of of specialty, which sort of falls into the all things relationship category in my mind. But um, I find it very fulfilling to be able to walk couples through a fair recovery when and there and there's three kind of primary phases in my mind to a fair recovery. People start out in crisis mode um, where there's lots of panic and fear and anger and that sort of thing. And then we help them transition to a meaning making phase so that they can sort of understand the mm -hmm. whys without going into investigator mode and then eventually move into rebuilding. And and so helping them through that whole process and seeing how how upset and panicked they are in the beginning and how calm and trusting and um, how their relationship evolves into something brand new at the end is a really amazing thing so it's obviously a really painful process for the client but to be able to calmly walk them through that and hold hope for them when they're not sure that they're going to be able to make it through, that has been a really amazing thing that I, that I have discovered with uh, working with couples. Wow. Yeah. I, I imagine that that would be um, incredibly rewarding um, and just those different stages and how you can uh, just see the differences in the couple's emotional and mental state um, throughout those different phases, I think would be really interesting. Absolutely. Um, is there something, is there something that's su really surprised you as a result of your career? I guess um, I really resonated with you when you chatted about um, in the beginning choosing between like a, a counseling program in grad school versus a marriage and family therapy one. Um, I had very similar feelings and still kind of do as a student um, working with couples. And I would agree with you that marriage and family therapy also aligns most with my values, which is also why I chose it. Um, but I, I will admit that working with families and uh, couples does seem a bit daunting to me as sure. a student. Um, 
with all those moving parts. So that's very encouraging that um, for you to say that you felt the same. Um, So now having um, felt those feelings as a student and now being in your own private practice and um, being in your career, um, is there anything that's most surprised you uh, just in result of, you know, your feelings now working with couples or families or anything else you can identify? I think the biggest surprise for me was probably how working with certain clients and having preferences for for certain populations over others uh, has evolved over mm. over time. Um, the the as as I had mentioned, the um, couples sounded pretty scary to me in the beginning, um, and then I and then I discovered that I loved it, but. I also thought that especially because so many people deal with trauma, that that was something that I needed to do in order to fully help people. I needed to like know it all and be it all and and that sort of thing. And so I had original intentions to do an EMDR program and um, or mm-hmm. um, w- one of one of the my colleagues that I respect very much is, um, trained in somatic experiencing. Um, Hmm. so that was something that I sort of thought I was going to move into. And as I've moved forward in my career, I've discovered that I'm very intuitive and I'm very sensitive and working with trauma is just not my thing. And I have, uh, been able to get to a place where I can sort of forgive myself for that and and recognize that there are a lot of amazing therapists who specialize in trauma and I don't need to be everything for everybody. So um, so that has been sort of a surprising evolution from from the start of my career uh, with an idea of where I thought I would be into sort of moving into the idea of incorporating, uh, relationship and dating coaching. So that's a that's a very different mm-hmm. direction. Coaching is very much forward thinking. And um, it's a it, if you were thinking about it in terms of uh, therapeutic approaches, it would be more solution focused, where um, in my mind, okay. therapy is is about sort of digging into the past and, and figuring out those, those habits and behaviors that come from our family system in order to heal from those and, and move forward in a healthier way. So dating and relationship coaching is, is a little bit different. And that has been sort of the, the trajectory of, of my career. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that you touched on that, the whole piece of, um, you know, yeah, most uh, therapists enter the field, whether it's marriage and family therapy or a, a different program, um, to help people. And so I think it's really easy, exactly what you were saying, how to feel like you want to be everything for everyone or be, um, you know, an expert in every field. And especially, um, you know, there is so much focus on trauma and rightly mm-hmm. so in our field. So I, I am really encouraged to hear you say that, um, even though that, of course, is so important to be informed about and is so important that it has such a focus in uh, the therapy field. At the same time, it's okay to admit, you know, maybe I'm, that's not my thing, but you know, couples and sex and um, relationship and dating coaching, like that is. So um, that's what I'm going to pursue. And like, there's therapists for who are experts in different areas. Exactly. Um, That's so important. Yeah. And I want to be able to access those resources. You know, we, 
we need a yeah. we need a village even within the field of of therapy and counseling and um and we don't have to be everything and so my job is to access okay. those other resources and be able to provide uh qualified referrals to my clients oh absolutely absolutely and that you know you can um put your energy and your time and your focus into what you feel confident and what you know you can provide um, well for your clients and to not, you know, and to spend that other energy that, you know, maybe this isn't something I'm as experienced in, but I know someone who can really help you in that area. Um, So important to not just, you know, be sprinting in every direction, but to really, I think, focus your energy and your strengths on uh, what, how you want to best serve your clients. Is there, um, so uh, we kind of went over things that surprised you as a result of your career. Is there something then that has really challenged you or perhaps something you didn't expect and have overcome? I think that uh, one of the biggest challenges for me has been figuring out where my boundaries are around working with certain clients. Uh, For example, in um, in specializing in sexual concerns, it was my original intent to move towards becoming a certified sex therapist. Um, I do specialize in in uh, sexual concerns, but what that means for me in my practice is that I seek out additional trainings specific to sexual concerns that couples are dealing with. Um, so when I first started out again with the, we need to be everything for everybody kind of, uh, kind of concept, I worked with all kinds of sexual concerns. And, and I think that for new therapists, that's kind of normal because we don't know exactly where we're going to land. We want to experience lots of different things and try things out, obviously being ethical in that process. And, and staying within uh, the mm-hmm. scope of, of our abilities and and our resources in terms of getting supervision or consultation. But I worked with all kinds of sexual concerns and that ended up being um, not great for me in the same way that I learned that trauma, although I consider myself a trauma-informed therapist, working with trauma isn't my specialty. And so I've I've come mm-hmm. to learn that working with things like um, sexual addiction, which, you know, and there's different ways of, of wording that I, I put air quotes around, around that term, but, um, some therapists call it sexually compulsive Mm -hmm. behavior or problematic sexual behavior. Um, it all sort of falls into the same, same category for the most part, but, um, but that, that ended up being also something that was not, uh, good for me and, and um, being a sensitive person, having uh, men with those challenges, that was um, that population tends to not have really great boundaries, as you would imagine. And and that became there were occasions where I felt uh, like I could be potentially unsafe um, w- working in mm-hmm. a small office by myself sometimes and, and having having uh, men with uh, challenging boundaries. Uh, was was not what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. And I almost stopped working with sexual concerns altogether. You know, I think many times um, it, humans just in our lives will sort of go from one side of the pendulum to the other, you know, kind of that black and white thinking. 
where I, I mm-hmm. can't do this. And so I'm going to swing to the other side and just not do it at all. And, and I realized that that, yeah. what, that was, that's what I was doing. I was being sort of black and white in, in that decision. And so that's when I sort of pivoted my practice to focus on couples. So, um, so I do call myself a sex therapist, although um, I'm not certified. And there are some people in the in the field that would um, that would not appreciate that term. You know, there's there's no official regulations uh, mm-hmm. around that term. So I I am careful in that I respect certified mm-hmm. sex therapists. And I also uh, recognize that that isn't the direction that my career is going at the moment. And I am incorporating sex into couples because it feels safer for me. Um, I think it's important. I think that uh, sex is an important part of a healthy relationship. And that is where my area of expertise is, is focused in how to help couples have a healthy sex life. And yeah. Definitely. It definitely. I'm so glad you shared that too, um, about like even having, um, on that note still of, you know, trying to be everything for everyone and do it all, even having, um, it's okay to within your, the area you specifically specialize in to even have little pieces here and there of like, yes, overall, I feel comfortable talking about sex and I, um, that's a strength of mine to talk about with couples, but this one area of sex is not something that, is good for me, is good for me to work with. And so to know that, you know, you're not, I loved your analogy of um, swinging Mm -hmm. the pendulum between, you know, just if you, in case if you're, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm really excited to talk about this topic with couples or with individuals or whoever. And then when you hit kind of like a, 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 a obstacle or like a roadblock or something to not totally swing the pendulum to the other side and be like, okay, well, never mind, I was wrong. Um, I actually can't talk about this topic, but to kind of you know, make it work for you and for your career. Like you said, the, the direction your career was going. Uh, The next thing I kind of wanted to touch on here, um, was there an important lesson that you have learned um, at a specific point in your career or just uh, throughout your career that you would share with someone, uh, just a, a student or someone uh, just beginning their practice as a therapist? Yeah, I think for me, it, it focuses on business. Uh, I had previously, I mentioned, mm-hmm. worked in nonprofits. I worked uh, in corporate um, for a financial group for a number of years. And so I was always an employee. And when I went to grad school, I decided that I wanted to work for myself. And although I did take, uh, I think it was called special topics. It was, it was uh, sort of a condensed class on starting a private practice. Um, it was high level. It was, it was a great class in terms of, you know, there weren't any others offered but there was a giant learning curve for me to figure out all the ins and outs of business and, um, you know, tax information and what business entity was going to be appropriate for, for me and my business and learning marketing and advertising and all, mm-hmm. all of those things has, has been, um, challenging, fulfilling, but, but challenging, um, having, having always Mm -hmm. been an employee. And so in terms of like lessons learned, 
it would be really great for um, for there to be uh, a more substantial class in business for therapists. We don't we don't go into therapy because most of us anyway don't go into therapy because because we understand business. We are people people. You know we we understand communication mm-hmm. and and empathy and that sort of thing. And so um, the the other side of our brain is being used in business. And and like I said, that was a pretty major learning curve for, for me. So um, the, the advice that I would give other people, if you know you want to go into private practice, start doing your research on, on um, ways to establish your business and, and, um, and mm-hmm. learning some of those uh, those tools that you might not have to begin with, uh, seek out mentorship or hire a coach. And of course, you know it's taken me a number of years to be able to um, hire my own business coach. That's of course the the problem with the field is that um, we don't get paid very much, especially in the beginning. And so throwing a bunch of money into mm-hmm. into learning business and establishing your business. Uh, isn't always uh, a possibility. So, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And it a very you know interesting um, lesson. You know, one that I wasn't expecting, but I completely agree to know that. Um, I think you hit it right on the head when you said you know therapists are typically more skilled and compassion, empathy, that kind of thing. Not necess- not right. always business skills. Um, of course, that isn't all encompassing. But you know to to kind of think about those things. You know when 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 you are a therapist, um, you know, are you thinking private practice or, you know, where are you thinking on taking your, um, your skills and to kind of think about that sooner rather than later? Cause I can imagine that there's a whole host of things to kind of figure out with that, that don't really exact, that don't directly relate to, um, giant learning curve, like I said. Yeah, I can. Okay. (laughs) You were giving me some things to think about for sure. Um, the kind of, um, final thing I'm, I'm really curious to hear your take on, um, and we touched on it a little bit in the beginning is just, um, of course the, the hot topic of today, um, just everything with COVID-19. And I know you mentioned, um, you know, your, your, uh, differences in, um, um, how many clients you're seeing, uh, just due to the pandemic. And I'm, I'm just curious if you have any other, thoughts as they relate to COVID-19, kind of um, how you think that this will impact uh, individuals, couples, families um, in general, as well as the field of counseling. Yeah, and absolutely. So the I think the biggest surprise for many people is that virtual counseling and therapy can absolutely be effective. You know, we were all sort of forced mm-hmm. into sure. um you know, like learning how to do uh, video with with clients, and a lot of people had felt maybe concerned about how effective it would be and how much they'd be able to connect with mm-hmm. their clients. I'm a member of a number of uh, Facebook groups for uh, therapists and counselors throughout the United States, and there are two two camps of people that I've been listening to. One is that they hate it and they can't wait to go back to their office. And the and the other mm-hmm. is that they love it so much that they're transitioning full time to to online online therapy. Yeah. Wow. So um, I had done some of it um, prior to uh, COVID nineteen and and um, so many people being shelter in place or safer at home. 
So I was comfortable doing it and I knew that that would be a, a relatively easy transition for me. I was a little bit worried about some of my clients, but many of them have discovered that they plan to continue doing virtual sessions just because of scheduling reasons and cutting out the the drive to the office and that sort of thing. So, so yeah. that I think that is changing sort of the face of, of therapy and counseling because um, there are m- many more people who are, have just gotten really comfortable with the, with the virtual therapy and find it to be effective. Um, so that I think is, is changing the field, um, which I'm sort of grateful for. I like the flexibility myself and, and am planning to continue offering it to all of my clients, although I will go back to my office at some point as well. Um, as far as how it's affecting couples, I have found that there are sort of two camps of people um, with, as it relates to how they're connecting. One is that they, although they're in each other's space all the time, they're feeling more distant. And the, the other group of people are feeling more well-connected. Um, I have a, I have some couples that were on the brink of divorce that were sort of rescued by by being in the house together more often and focusing their attention on each wow. other and learning how to uh, interact in different ways just because they were sort of forced to. So um, so in my mind, it, it, this is about being intentional. So you need to be intentional about the yeah. uh, about the time that um, that you spend with your partner, and and rather than just sort of letting things go, you know, like well we're in each other's back pockets because we're at home all the time doesn't necessarily lead to to positive interactions. Um, so that that has been the the sort of the lesson. Um, that that I've noticed in in people being at home, if they're being intentional about their time together, it usually is working better for them. And and if they're not being intentional, then they end up feeling more distant from from their partner, um, even though they're more in each other's physical space. For sure, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's so interesting. Um, you know, your, your comment on, um, you know, couples that were on the brink of divorce kind Mm -hmm. of being saved, um, by this pandemic in a way. Um, and I, that is, that's really fascinating and that's really encouraging, encouraging to hear. Um, I've kind of thought of it, uh, just, you know, doing my own research and chatting with people and, um, my classmates and things like that. Um, and I've kind of, I think you touched on it a little bit about the importance of being intentional, um, especially during this time. And so I've kind of uh, conceptualized this whole pandemic as um, it's kind of an opportunity, um, you know, to, uh, you know, we can either allow for our own selves as well as our relationships, allow COVID-19 to kind of um, Mm -hmm. happen to us, you know, and just allow all the stresses and uh, just all the obvious and important stresses to consider just happen to us. Or we can say, okay, you know what? Uh, regardless of this, these things that we can't change, um, how can we be intentional? How can we use this time together as an opportunity? How can, you know, we're in each other's space all the time that can add to the stress, but are there ways we can um, ensure that the time that we have together is still quality time? We can still kind of have date night, even if it's indoors, like all these little things. Would you agree with that sentiment that it's kind of an opportunity and couples and just really anyone can kind of 
take it or leave it. Like it's kind of up to them in a way. Um, With, with my couples, um, I'm noticing that the slowdown has been really uh, um, a benefit to them. So with busyness can get in the way of our ability to communicate in healthy ways busyness increases irritability Mm -hmm. which can come out sort of sideways with partners so i i have found that with everything slowing down a little bit people are able to check in with each other they're able to be more intentional about their relationships um so in in terms of what you're saying about using it as an opportunity I think there's more, there can be more space for people to figure out what being intentional looks like for them. So, so Mm. taking the opportunity and being less busy and figuring out like, okay, what parts of this do we want to take with us into the future? When things open back up, do we want to be as busy as we were before? Or was that detrimental to the relationship to our family as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. I think kind of that um, forced slowdown, yes. like you referred to, you know, of, okay, wow, we, we are forced to slow down. There's no yeah, in ands or buts about it. Um, and yeah, to really take that as, okay, this is now, but when things change, when things start to open up, what will life look like? And, you know, what tokens or, um, you know, just, just thoughts and things we figured out during this more quiet, still time, can we take into our, our new life after, um, after everything kind of becomes right. more normal again? Yeah, with, with my business as well, I have determined that some of the, the virtual counseling works really well for me and my lifestyle. And so I mm. plan to do at least one day a week full virtual with um, two or three days offering uh, live sessions or in-person sessions um, for, for clients. And so that's one thing that I am taking away as this opportunity um, has presented itself to adjust my schedule and, and continue having um, more time for myself, more time for my children and to still be available for, for my clients. And so I, I believe that that it's going to look different for everybody depending on their work circumstances and their family circumstances. But to I, I would really encourage people to take the opportunity to really look at how this slowdown affected them, good and bad, and and decide what you want to take away from it. Absolutely. I, I think that is such a good uh, ending point that um, figure out what works for you. And, and not comparing it to anyone's uh, other, anyone else's life or relationship, but to, uh, you know, discuss it with yourself and with um, your relationship, just what works for us and how can we be intentional during this time and beyond. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, thank you uh, so much, Beth. I so appreciated um, and just enjoyed our conversation today. And just thank you so much for uh, sharing your wisdom um, with me and also with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much. And um, to all of our listeners, uh, any questions that came up uh, today or um, any 
um, just comments or um, recommendations for the show, you can send those as, as always to couplesdevelop at gmail.com. Um, and we will be with you next week for a new episode. So thank you again, Beth, and you have too. a great rest Bye-bye. of your day.